The most anticipated game of the 2022 Pac-12 schedule is finally here. It's the Utes versus the Trojans. We're talking about the biggest storylines and the key individual matchups that are going to decide the game on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome into this Locked On crossover between Locked On USC and Locked On Utes. This Locked On crossover episode is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchup between the Utes and Trojans right here on Sling. Sling, the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. I'm JT Wizardsill with Locked On Utes. He's Mark Culkin with Locked On USC. And Mark, we were talking a little bit before. We have just been talking about this game forever. I know for Utah fans, there was a lot of excitement in the opener, of course, versus Florida. But still the biggest game on the season, and especially by far the biggest game at home, was the one versus the Trojans. So it's so great to finally have this game here where we can be done talking about it and just watch and see these two elite teams go out on the field and get after it. But for you, what's the biggest storyline you're looking at going into this game? Um, well, obviously, USC ranked number seven in the country. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, Utah still has enough uh, cachet with that number 20 ranking. They they didn't hold up their end of the bargain. They, they we did a, not. We did not. Four losses. <laughs> with that said, um, I anticipate them being a little angrier than they typically are when USC comes to town. So it should be a tough, hard-fought game. Will it be? I guess we're going to talk about it. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see if it will be, because like you mentioned, Utah did not hold up their end of the bargain this year. But even going back to the game last year, that felt like the first game when Cam Rising and his Utah offense really came together. And this team just showed signs of being special. And that was still at a time where we're still like, well, they have two losses against two teams that are solid teams, but not exactly world beaters, I'd say, at last year's time being BYU and San Diego State. So go on, have a great season after that. And they have an opportunity. Look, their goal going into this year was to make the college football playoff. I know that for a fact. I haven't spoken to these guys. They can't do that anymore, but they can still go on and win a Pac-12 championship. And even for the Trojans, as you mentioned, a lot of people didn't expect USC to be undefeated coming into this game. I think there was a lot of people who thought, hey, they could, but it wouldn't have been surprising to see them have just one stumble. I mean, it is Lincoln Riley's first year there, but it doesn't seem like it at all. No, they've, uh, you know, the whole thing with Lincoln Riley and his staff coming in, as well as, you know, regenerating the roster with, with the mm-hmm. transfer portal, is getting everybody just to trust and buy in on the culture change. You know, you mentioned <clears throat> Utah came into LA last year and, and they, they walked away with a really solid victory, 42 to 26. Not to take anything away from that victory, everybody came into LA last year. Yeah, exactly. Walked away with a solid victory against USC. So that that change is going to, the, the change in coaching staff alone has made a, a significant difference. I mean, it, it's hard to say it hasn't. Um, how that translates in their first real big game of the season, we'll find out when they get to Rice-Eccles. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I, I was, yeah. yeah, I am as well. And it's because there are so many fun matchups in this one. This one. And throughout the week, we've been talking about some of the team matchups. Yeah. But I think what's really fun in this one is when you have so many great players on the field to focus in on those individual matchups. And the first one that has my eye and – 
probably the 20 plus scouts that we expect to be in attendance for this one for the NFL is Jordan Addison versus Clark Phillips. The third it's rare. You get a matchup between last year's Belitnikoff winner and the guy who currently leads college football in interceptions with Phillips having five on the season, two of those being pick sixes as well. I mean, you talk about Clark, look, not the biggest guy, but man, just some of the best reaction skills you'll see from a corner, just able to stay stride for stride with the best guys in the country. And he can leap off the field. I've played basketball with Clark before, so I could tell as well that he just flies around. He is an elite athlete. And when you talk about elite athlete, that's exactly what Jordan Addison as well. And he's, has the length that makes him such a special player too. can run any route and really take the top off as well. So I, I think this is going to be a fantastic matchup all game long to watch. Here's, here's what I'm curious about. Has Kyle Whittingham decided that he's going to stay with his man to man concept? Um, we saw what happened a few years ago when Matt Fink came in and, and <laughs> kind of dissected up that concept. Uh, but again, last year, Clark, we're very familiar with Clark, Clark Phillips in Southern California. USC recruited him. Um, Ohio State recruited him. Utah got him. And he's earned every ounce of, of, his, um, of his accolades, I guess. You know, not the biggest guy, but super athletic, and he just makes plays. As far as the matchup versus Jordan Addison, um, I would just avoid Clark Phillips. You know, let let Jordan Addison be the decoy, because that's I think that's what the matchup really comes down to. Can't does Utah have enough defense on defense this year to match up against USC's offensive skill players? I don't know that they do, because USC this year has a running game. Mm-hmm. USC this year has Caleb Williams at quarterback. You've already mentioned Jordan Addison. But you also got Mario Williams at, at wide receiver. You got Kyle Ford. You got Taj Washington. There, you got Brendan Rice. Um, so you've got players who are familiar with Rice Eccles Stadium, who have played there. Um, but again, Utah lost a lot on defense from last year. And I don't know if they were placed enough to match up with USC's offense. Yeah, and that's what's interesting about this is I feel like the secondary actually is improved from last year, but they have to hold up longer because of how much you lost in the front seven. I mean, Devin Lloyd, we knew how great of a player he was, but I just think with some of the additions being in Diabate, I think a lot of us expected Lander to really burst on the scene. And he's still Lander Barton, that being the freshman linebacker for Utah. He's done a really good job, but it's just such big shoes to fill. And you even get another guy, Nephi Sewell, who was second on this team in tackles, leader in sacks. Mika Tafua is gone as well. And this Utah team struggles to get at the quarterback. Quarterback. They have to bring more than four a lot of the times to do it. And that could spell trouble with a guy like Caleb Williams, who can already run around by time in the pocket. And then it just makes your corners have to hold up longer against right. guys like you mentioned, Addison, Williams, Rice. I mean, that's one of the best receiving trios in the country. And there's even other guys that go into that as well. And that's not even factoring in the rushing game. So this Utah defense definitely has their work cut out for them. Yeah, no, it's, it's I, I think that's going to be the matchup of the game. Um, I wa- look, I'm not trying to harp on it. I watched enough of the Utah UCLA game to the point where I I think having an experienced quarterback means a lot, Mm -hmm. Um, but they made Dorian Thompson Robinson look like the Heisman winner in 2022. And for a Utah defense to look that poor, Mm -hmm. literally had my jaw on the floor because these guys weren't just making great catches. They were running wide open. And I know this might be opinion, but I think UCLA has a better receiving core and much better, much more speed than UCLA. And if Utah cannot match up with that, and again, you mentioned they're not creating pressure on the quarterback. Caleb Williams, if he's in the spin back, you know, spend three to five Mississippis back there picking up, you know, picking out his receiver. And at that point, if he can't find one, 
he has the ability to take off and run. Um, that's not a good recipe for Utah right now. It's not, and that's where it's going to be interesting to see if this D. This is a. I mean, this is Utah's game for this season. All these expectations coming into the year, you have to win this game. USC can still lose this game, and they can do anything. They could still even go to the college football playoff if you lose this game, because it's pretty easy to excuse a loss at Rice Eccles Stadium to a Utah team we still expect to be pretty good. But you cannot be a three-loss Utah team, especially losing against what very well could be the two best teams in the conference in back-to-back weeks. And even then, you're going to have almost an impossible time getting to the Pac-12 title game. So the Utah team. Utah team has to step up defensively. They have to show up. And as you mentioned, it is tough because I agree with you as well, especially from a skills position standpoint. And overall, I would still take Caleb Williams over DTR. I mean, DTR is playing really well as of recently, but still feel like you've got to go with Caleb Williams and what he's been able to do. Well, just, you know, I want to be fair and balanced here where Utah could have, you know, could make a play this week getting pressure is USC's offensive line has been outstanding run blocking. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a significant improvement. Travis Dye helps. Caleb Williams helps. Um, but their weakness, and I'm using the finger quote, has been in path protection. Mm-hmm. Uh, they haven't, you know, they haven't really given up a lot of sacks, but they are allowing pressure to get to Caleb. And whether it has to do with, you know, being banged up, injuries, whatever it might be, that is their Achilles heel um, from the offensive line perspective. So we'll see. Yeah, it will be very interesting to see if Utah can take advantage of that and finally get their defensive line going with some pressures against a, a still a decent offensive line. Because as you sure. mentioned, it's a group that run blocks very well because they had success versus Arizona State earlier in the season getting some sacks, but this is definitely a jump up in competition. They manhandled the Washington State defensive line, which is one of the best in the conference. Yes. And that is one of the fastest, most physical lines I've seen. And USC pretty much shut – well, they did. They shut them out in the second half. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in this one on that side of the ball. And we're going to flip it over and talk about the Utes offense against the Trojans defense in a second. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up your college football season. Once again, Underdog Fantasy gets you guys ready. Guys can go over to their website, get their pick em games in. And if you go in there, you can look at it and see higher or lower for some of the best players in this game. Looking at Cam Rising, Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison, as well as even Devon Vela is going to have a good one. Tavion Thomas could be in for a breakout game. Travis Dye, as you talked about, has been phenomenal. It's easy to play and available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team, not just your team, or as well as you can do the Utes, you can do tons of other teams as well, and decide if they'll finish higher or lower. It's one of the easiest fantasy to play games out there, and you can win cold hard cash in a single game. Sign up with promo code LOCKED. One word and underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's locked, all caps, one word, and de- deposit 100, get a free 100. Go to underdogfantasy.com, find the Underdog Fantasy app in your app store slash Google Play Store, and as well as head over to Underdog Fantasy, guys, because they will have you set up there. Get in on the college football pick em action today with locked on, all caps, one word. So head over to Underdog and cash in there. So flipping over to the other side of the ball, I think the biggest individual matchup I'm excited to see is this Utah offensive line versus Thule. I mean, he is an elite defensive lineman for this Trojans team. He's a guy, I mean, 6'4", 290. He can bend around the edge. He's got the power to go through you as well. He is just an elite player, and I think he's a dream for an NFL team at the next level as well at that 3-4 kind of defensive end spot because he's a bigger body that can get after the passer, and he's got seven sacks on the season. This is a Utah offensive 
offensive line. I expect him to line up a lot on the left side over the right side of that offensive line because that right side of the offensive line has really been where Utah struggled this year, having moved their guards to Tawalaumea out to tackle for the 2022 season. And it just hasn't really worked out quite yet. And even this most recent game, they had to replace their guard, Michael Mokafisi, for Jaron Kump because Mokafisi was struggling a little bit. So it's going to be interesting to see. If be. And the rest of this Trojans defensive line, which they got six players with one and a half sacks as well as three players with over three sacks. It's a really good unit and not one you want to see when you're struggling in the trenches. Yeah, um, there's two areas where USC leads the country. And these are two significant defensive uh, defensive stats. They lead the country with 29 sacks. You mentioned that you've got six guys with at least one and a half. This was supposed to be, the defensive line was supposed to be USC's Achilles heel this year. They had no depth. I mean, they had Solomon Tuliapupu, who was, you know, a linebacker when he came to USC decades ago. He is now playing defensive line. He's a rush in. He can play defensive tackle as well. So to see that growth is significant. But the, the other stat is the plus minus takeaway. They are plus 14 with 12 interceptions. You, you mentioned, you know, Clark Phillips. You don't get 12 interceptions without a defensive line that's creating pressure. Mm -hmm. And that's what they do. So you talked about Thule Tuiapolotu. His older brother Marlon was drafted by the NFL. They use Thule at defensive end, over the ball, rush and defensive tackle. They can line him up everywhere. He is that good. Um, you mentioned he already has seven. He He's on a pace to have a baker's dozen by the end of the year. Yes. <laughs> that's a huge number. Um if the USC defensive line continues just to play at the pace they've been at, you talked about the Utah offensive line struggling. Um, this could be a, again, I, I'm trying to figure out why the line was set at three. I get it. You guys are at home. But the last time USC came to Utah, granted, it was 2020. It was COVID. Mm -hmm. This defense resembles that defense. They had five takeaways in that game. They shut out Utah's offense and left with a 33-17 to 17 victory. This defense is opportunistic, and they're playing at that level right now. Yeah, and you bring up an interesting thing about the line with something we've talked about a little bit of on Lockdown Utah Week Lawn is why Utah's favorite. And I really think the biggest thing is just because this game is at home for Utah, as well as I will say, coming off a loss as well. So you expect a more motivated Utah team, one that knows, look, they're it's a very tradition, right, to say every like back backs against the wall, like hungry dog, all that thing. But that is what you're getting in this Utah team because they know it's on the line. So you're really getting this team's best punch. They're going to come out motivated. And while you look, USC is going to come in motivated as well. Like this is, as we mentioned, this was the game as well. I think Lincoln Riley and the Trojans probably circled and said, "Hey, we're going to the season. Like if we want to win the Pac-12. This is the game we got to win Absolutely. early in the regular season." So both teams are going to really go at it. But I do think it's just because it is at home for this Utah team. I think they trust Kyle Winningham to figure some of these things out as well and uh, look i think utah is smart enough as well or i hope they're smart enough at least against the best pass rusher they've played by far this season in Thule to at least try to double him or really key in on wherever he's at but as you mentioned as well he's not the only one who can beat you when you have all these other guys flying around out there making plays so it, it's going to be a fun battle and I, I understand why the utes are favored just in terms of the home field advantage but as you mentioned if this was played on a neutral site the trojans are definitely the favorites here you know like i said i am to say that i am um happy with the defensive results so far with USC would be an understatement. Everyone anticipated USC was going to be an offensive identity, having mm -hmm. shootout wins, and it's been the complete opposite. Uh, and Oregon State? Oregon State. Um, even when the, their offense hasn't really 
exploded yet. You take away you take away that game against Rice to open the season. I don't want to say they've been pedestrian, but you know they're the third they're the third best scoring offense in the Pac-12 mm-hmm. behind Oregon and UCLA. So um, you're, you're thinking to yourself, all right, they're going to Utah. They haven't been playing as well as they should on offense. You've got two defensive teams theoretically playing against each other. Maybe that's why the game, everyone's thinking it's going to be close. Eventually, someone's offense is going to explode. Um, USC's defense has the ability to give up big plays. You've seen it. I've seen it. Uh, If they can, you know, limit Tavion Thomas to, you know, two or three big chunk plays and keep them under 100 yards, they're going to do well. If they can keep Cam Rising from using that Heisman stiff arm when he's running the ball, um, they're going to do well. It's that you can't let him um, get going passing the ball. And that's, I think, where I think USC might have the advantage. Yeah, and you talked about a little bit there, kind of the quarterback matchup as well. It's a very fun one because you get two very different styles as well, Caleb Williams and Cam Rising going into this one. Cam, a very physical runner as well, kind of embraces contact. And Caleb, very mobile as well. And but he just is the kind of guy, he just makes guys miss. He doesn't even let you get hands on him. Cam is a, is a decently accurate quarterback. He's been very up and down, though, on the season in a lot of ways. I'll say that as well. But the one thing Cam does is he doesn't turn the ball over versus Caleb, who can really take the top off, has that elite arm. He is prone to turning it over a little bit more. So it is a fun matchup. And it makes this one interesting being at home, as I mentioned, because I would be a little more nervous for this Utah team, especially if they fell behind Cam, having to try to press and force more a little bit. He's come, he threw a, had a bad turnover against UCLA with the interception. The fumble, I wasn't as mad at it. I thought that was a fantastic tackle going in on and look, I don't think that was going to be a game anyways, because I don't think Utah's defense was ever going to get a stop in that one as well. So I think it's a really fun quarterback matchup at the moment. I think Caleb Williams is playing better than Cam Rising. I'll say that. I know some people are still on Cam's side, but I just because some of those accuracy things and it's very close as well. Like I think a good game from Cam would tip the scales for me in this one. But the fact that it's at home, I might like Cam to have a little bit better of a game. But on a neutral field, I would slide with Caleb, which is not where I was going into the season. I, again, um, this is going to come down to which team um, can protect the ball and can play more discipline. In other words, when I talk about discipline, I'm talking about has the fewest penalties, uh, as well as tackles at the point of impact and not give up you know, those extra plays. I know Utah is pretty good uh, in the discipline department. Penalty-wise, they only commit, what, about five per game, a little over five per game? Yeah. USC is six per game. Uh, ironically, their former coach at Georgia Southern, they're one of the team leaders at four per game. So just to uh, throw that out there for any USC viewers, that'll, uh, I I know that'll bother you a lot. So I think as far as a penalty, penalty differential, USC, Utah, they're about the same. Uh, Utah has the advantage. So if, if the Trojans can handle the Rice Eccles crowd noise and they just play defense, they way they have been all year. Yeah, you know, you talk about the quarterback matchup outside when you guys lost. Uh, is it Keithley? How do you pronounce his last Brand name? Keithy, yeah, Brant Keithy out. Huge loss for this Utah team. Even as well, you look at Cam's interception from last week. He's not in a position to turn that ball over because he gets Thomas Yasmin, who's the backup tight end for this Utah team, right in the hands. It goes right through him. Would have been a twenty-yard game. Utah would have been inside the ten, but he drops it a couple plays later. Camp goes pick. Yeah, USC. As far as I'm concerned, they have three players to be concerned with on offense for Utah quarterback. Kavion Thomas, Dalton Kincaid. After that, you know, you 
You can put on your- keep an eye on Devon Vele. That's just a guy uh, who's been better throughout the season as has gone on, and he's a guy who's getting really close to that hundred yard receiving game. But you're right, compared to the elites of the elites, Devon hasn't done enough to be in that conversation with those first three players that all have been phenomenal, sensational college players. No, no and again, I'm not taking. I'm not trying to take anything away from Devon yeah. or from Utah, but when you're looking at you know where does Utah uh, match up unfavorably for USC. I think it's the three players I mentioned. Rising because of his ability to run the ball as physical as he does. Uh, Tavion Thomas and then Dalton Kincaid just because Utah loves to use their tight ends. And USC has shown they can be susceptible to the tight end. We'll see if that holds true this year. Very true. And yeah, I mean, this is because of there's so much star power on the field it just makes this such a fun matchup. So we've, we've broken it down really all the individual aspects of it. We've broken down pretty much. You, you talked about the penalties. We even the coaching that inter- is so interesting in this one as well. We've mentioned a little bit. Coach Whittingham has been able to adjust his coaching style to match the times a little bit more. It's why he's been able to survive when I think a lot of other coaches who have been coaching as long as he has just aren't in the game anymore versus obviously you get the guy in Lincoln Riley who's one of the best college coaches in the country. It is very hard to do what he's doing in his first year as well so it makes this one such a fun matchup and mark now it's just time to predict it how do you what do you think the story of this game is going to be coming out of it and how do you see it playing out on saturday Uh, again i'm i don't want to sound like a broken record but i i really do think this is going to be a uh a game where whoever wins the turnover battle Mm -hmm. can stay disciplined and you know has the least amount of penalties uh is going to be able to dictate how the game goes what USC has been able to do very successfully all year is get the extra possessions. And that goes back to their takeaways. They're at a plus 14 right now. Caleb has one interception through six games. This team has not fumbled the ball away. Mm-hmm. That's an amazing stat. For, yes. I mean, it's just a crazy stat to wrap your head around. So if USC just sticks to that recipe, um, I, I hate to sound like a homer, but that three points to me is easy money. I got USC winning this game 40 to 27. Mm-hmm. I think they got too much offense. What Alex Grinch has shown with those second half adjustments defensively, um, USC has outscored their opponent. Uh, going into that Washington State game afterwards, 68 to 7 in the third quarter, and they shut them out. That's an impressive number right there. That is an extremely impressive number, I'll say. So that's where I'm coming up with the 40 to 27 win. It sounds big, but it's you know it's it's a two touchdown win. Exactly. I don't think it's that. I don't think that's crazy at all. I could easily see that playing out as well. And I'm going to go with Utah. I am. I think in this one, back against the wall. I think they're going to come in, get ready, and be able to get a win. You mentioned it, right? This USC offense—they're so good. And the reason Utah is going to win this game is because they're going to win the time of possession. They're going to keep them off the field. Tavion Thomas in this Utah rushing attack is going to really have a good game. I think Cam's going to have a lot of rushing yards on the ground as well as this Utah team is going to go on a lot of long, slow, and methodical drives, marching it down the field. And we're, look, we're going to see the Trojans score and get, get it in as well. But I really think this Utah team is going to take their time and just work work the ball slowly down the field and be able to cash in on the end zone a couple times. And because they do a good job keeping the Trojans off the field, 
I feel like they're going to be able to get a win. And you mentioned the turnover battle as well. That's something I'll be really interested to see. We'll see if you jinx your Trojans by bringing up that fumbling stat on how well they've done all season, or as well as if Caleb Williams, maybe they do fall behind by 10 points or something happens. This one, he gets a little greedy and ends up throwing an interception or something happens on the outside. But I think the home crowd of Rice Eccles Stadium, I think this Utah secondary makes one big play, whether that's just a big pass deflection on third down or it is a turnover, as well as Cam Rising and Tavion Thomas both having days on the ground. I think we'll see the old Tavion Thomas that we haven't seen these last couple weeks. He seems like he's finally getting right, getting ramped up for this Utah team, and I expect him to have a big game. And I think the story coming out of this one is the Utes able to get the upset, move back up in the rankings a little bit as they knock off the Trojans. I'm going to go 35-30. to I really think this is going to be a close one and a good game as well. And, Mark, it's just going to be so fun to see how it all plays out because, as you mentioned, I could see this one really going either ways. I don't, I'll say the one thing I would be surprised at as you know, and obviously look, Utah blew out Oregon last year and that kind of caught everyone off guard. I would be surprised if the Utes blew out this USC team. I definitely can see a world where USC wins by two touchdowns, but it, it's just going to be interesting to see. Look, anything can happen. Uh, this, you know, the, the, this USC team, I think has definitely been, they've exceeded everybody's expectations. Yeah, 100%. Here's where I'm at right now. If USC is able to leave Rice Eccles at 7-0, and um, and I'm probably getting a little bit ahead of myself, and maybe your, your fans don't want to hear this, but this is how important this game is to USC. This was the game that was circled. Mm-hmm. They knew that this was going to be their first major test. They, they, they had a little bit of a test at Oregon State. They had a couple of tests at home recently against Arizona State as well as Washington State. Now's the, I guess we'll call it the, the, the midterm final, so to speak. Um, they get by Utah at 7-0. You look at their remaining schedule. This team's confidence is going to go through the roof. Yep. They got a bye, then they go to Arizona, then they host Colorado and Cal, excuse me, Cal and then Colorado, their last two games of the year at UCLA, which is a bus ride, and they host Notre Dame. All of a sudden, 10-2, and two, which was supposed to be the high-water benchmark for the season, with Utah being one of those anticipated losses, now, all of a sudden, you've got to reset the calculus. Can this team go 11-1 or 12-0? That's how big this game is on Saturday. USC leaves Utah un- undefeated. That's how much respect USC is giving this game. Trust me on this one, JT. They're coming in here. They know what Utah is capable of. And they saw what happened last week. And they know they're walking into a beehive. And as you mentioned, as just as someone look, and we could spend an hour talking about Absolutely. the ramifications of this one in terms of USC leaving the Pac-12 as well, being the best team, what they're doing this season at the moment. But this is it's one of the reasons as well this game was so big and hyped is because you got a future Big Ten team leaving the conference. So you want to see who's going to make it out better, who has the better team in the conference. And right now that is the Trojans. We'll see if they can prove that on Saturday going to Rice Eccles. Even if even if they do beat this Utah team, I think most people would agree that it's at the moment, or I should say, if Utah beats USC, I think a lot of people would point to UCLA at the moment. The other team that's, of course, leaving for the Big Ten as the best one. But a lot on the line for both sides it was makes this one so fun so exciting and no matter what the result is you guys can keep it to at locked on utes and locked on trojans as well keep up with all the updates for your favorite teams we have tons of great content coming up reactions from this game are going to be absolutely electric however it plays out make sure you guys head over and follow mark on twitter at mark colkin i'm at jt which saw on twitter make sure you guys like and subscribe to both our channels and for those of you who listen to locked on utes and locked on trojans if you're in the market for a second listen every day you can head over to the Locked on Pac-12 podcast where, Mark, you recently made an appearance. Yeah, I was on with Spencer uh, 
yesterday. That, that, that show is up and published right now, so you can go check it out. We had a nice, long, spirited conversation about the uh, USC, Utah game, Pac-12 in general. And, uh, yeah, I'll stick around for a couple more minutes with, with the Pac-12, and then we're, we're heading over to uh, Big Boys, the Big Ten Conference. Oh, that one will get you. That one will get you really liked by the Utah fans. By the way, <laughs> well, we'll see how it all plays out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we'll see how it all plays out this Saturday. Thank you guys so much for listening to Locked On Utes and Locked On Trojans. That's going to do it for both of us this week. But we'll see you next week. Enjoy the game.